Welcome to the Why We Hike podcast, where we explore the highs, the lows, and the whys for going outside. I'm your host, Ford Thunder Erickson, and boy howdy, that intro rhymed real good. Let's do some talking. Hello, all my Why We Hike comrades. It is I, Ford Thunder Erickson. Well, today, friends, this episode will be unlike anything I have ever put out on this uh, podcast. And yes, that is a clickbait uh, phrase that I'm using. But actually, it, 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 I haven't put anything out like this before. And I, I wanted to say a couple things before this episode, because what it is, is it is a, an excerpt from a talk that I gave in church recently about some experiences I've had in the wilderness. And I just want to say beforehand that I realize that religion and, you know, things talking extremely openly in a religious setting and talking about God can be triggering to a lot of people who've you know, been through some hard times and have had some difficult experiences with religion. And, uh, you know, this podcast isn't, I don't want it to be a religious podcast. I don't, it's not a Christian podcast or anything like that. And I don't want it to be. Um, but I, I do welcome people's experiences, whether they be spiritual or whatever they may be that they've had in the wilderness and how they've helped them. And, so I thought about it a lot. I'm like, I don't know if I put this out there, maybe it will trigger someone or I don't know. I just wanted to say that beforehand because I have, I have a lot of compassion for, um, for that. If pe- if that is triggering for you, I, I really do apologize. The, the talk really isn't super religious of a talk. I'm basically just talking about ways that I've seen what I believe to be God working with me and with others in experiences I've had in the wilderness. So um, I felt like because of that, that it is, it is okay to put on here. But uh, yeah, once again, if, if you're kind of worried that that might bother you, that I totally understand. So I just wanted to put that little trigger warning at the start of this episode and kind of explain what in the heck this is going on in this wet episodes, because it's a little bit different. So anyway, I hope, it, I hope it helps somebody out there and uh, maybe... Um, helps people recognize other ways, you know, other deep and meaningful experiences that you've had in the wilderness as well. And I'd love to hear about those and um, interview you about those things. So whoever you are that's listening to this right now. So anyway, love you guys a lot. And uh, here it is. And the first thing I want to share is before all of this happened, when I really was a young lad, I was 18 years old and I had just graduated from high school, and to put a little bit of context, I don't know if there has ever been a human being on the face of the earth who has loved high school more than me. That's what I was born for. I loved everything about high school, except for the actual like school part of it. But everything else about it, like that's what I was born for. Every day I loved going to school and all the crazy shenanigans of Dusty Hewlett back there, all the crazy stuff we would do. I just loved every minute of it. And I was so sad to graduate, not because 
I don't, it's just because I was like, what am I going to do now? I, there's nothing about adulthood that sounds enjoyable. I didn't want anything to do with it. Nothing about it. I didn't even, I didn't really understand what college was. Like, nothing. And so it was kind of a weird time for me. I had like about a year and a half till I could serve a mission. And I didn't always want to serve a mission, but eventually I realized I did want to. And I remember one day when I was in my room, when I was 17 or 18, a few months after I graduated, and I was just lost, man. Like I didn't, I didn't want to get a job. I didn't like, I was like, oh, I just want to go back to school. I remember when I'm, my other friends like Dusty started school back the next year, they were one year under than me. I like cried. I wanted to go back to high school so bad. I know it sounds bizarre for most people, but I really, that's what I, my peak of life, I felt like, was like, that was it. And anyway, so I had a strong belief in prayer back then, and I prayed to God, and I asked him, you know, I don't, I don't know what I should do. Should I try to go to college, or how does that even work? Should I move out? I don't know what to do. And uh, I had a verse of scripture flash in my mind. And uh, it's in 1 Nephi 17, 13. And it says, And I will also be your light in the wilderness. And I will prepare the way before you, if it so be that you shall keep my commandments. Wherefore, inasmuch as ye shall keep my commandments, ye shall be led towards the promised land. And ye shall know that it is by me that ye are led. And uh, like still to this day, that's probably my favorite verse of scripture um, because of how powerful it was to me back then. And still is, like I still feel like I'm a lost little boy most of the time. Um, but I always go back to that verse um, when I'm confused and don't know what to do. I just look at it and say, I know the Lord promised me. I've just got to, you know, do what he asked me to do, which is probably the inner millennial in me who wants to be a rebel. But I never really liked the phrase, keep the commandments. Kind of sounds like, ah, man, you can't tell me what to do. You know, you're not the boss of me. But I like to think of it as follow the promptings of the spirit that you receive. And I just got to focus on that and it'll lead me to the promised land, whatever that is for, for me. And so with that, I wanted to share with the five minutes I have left. Uh, I have like 15 stories listed here. <laughs> but I felt inspired. I wanted to share going with that verse where it talks about he'll be my light in the wilderness. Um, God has guided me through my adulthood to come to love the wilderness. And I was in scouts and stuff, but I didn't really care much about it until about my mid-twenties. Um, I just felt called to go out into the wild <laughs> and uh, to different levels and doing different things. And eventually I was led to start working in a place called the Anasazi Foundation, doing wilderness therapy, where we take at-risk youth on basically wilderness survival adventures, give them a chance to, to reset and, and rediscover themselves in a good way. And I've been doing that on and off for seven or eight years now, and I've had some of the most powerful experiences of my life doing it. And so I wanted to share just some of the ways that 
I've been able to see God's hand um, doing that, and that have, I've been able to stay in my memory by writing in this journal. And uh, the first one I want to share is uh, the first, I don't know, eight or nine, ten weeks that I had spent out there on the Anasazi Trail. I was always, I always had other coworkers with me who were experienced, and they knew how to read the maps because we don't hike on trails. We don't have water given to us. Like we have to find water. We have to navigate through all this rugged Arizona wilderness. We don't see people. There's nothing. And so you got to know how to use a compass. And you got these angry kids. You know, a lot of times they're backseat drivers, and they're like, "Why are we going this way? This is a terrible way. Do you even know how to lead?" You know, yelling at you. So it's a lot of pressure to lead a hike. And uh, I hadn't, I'd done, I'd led a little bit here and there, but I always had my coworkers who were more experienced to have my back. And I left for a few months and I came back and the first week back, they said, boom, we're putting you with two brand new trainees, their first time ever out there. They don't know how to use maps. They don't know anything. Um, so I got to guide them and guide this group of girls uh, on this really hard hike. And I was like, okay but I had definitely led people in the wrong direction before. <laughs> so that whole week, I was just praying, just praying every day like, okay, I need some help here because I'm not the best at reading maps yet. I, you know, it's all on me, 100%. And the girls kind of struggled with hiking too, so I really wanted to get them to the final destination where they'd be able to meet with their therapists and stuff. And, uh, it was absolutely insane how I was able to see my mind just opened. And as I prayed, I was able to, I, the way I looked at the maps, I saw them differently. It was like a book that I was reading and I understood the contours of the land and I knew where to go. And even on top of that, um, going back to that verse where it says the Lord will prepare the way before me, I was able to see paths We'd be hiking. I'm like, oh, man, I don't know where we're going to go here. Because like say, you're not on trails. So you got to like pick your path and you're thinking about the group you're leading. And some people aren't maybe aren't the best hiking. So you're thinking, OK, maybe I don't want to climb over this boulder over here because this person may not be able to climb over it. So maybe we should go over here. So you're just like, blah, 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 like processing everything. And I was just able to see routes. And after a while, I was like, there's literal paths here. Like, what, what are these? And a lot of times I just realized they're deer trails. They're just animal trails. And they led us all the way to our final destination. And, and I just, I, I, at the end of the week, I was like, that was God. That was God. I couldn't have done that before. But he opened up my eyes and he led us to paths that we could get there. Um, Another trip I was on, which wasn't with Anasazi, it was on a backpacking trip with a friend in the Tetons, and we were doing an off-trail uh, backpacking trip. Don't necessarily advise that all the time, but we did it anyway. And uh, it was the second day of the trip was really crazy. We're going through all these mountain passes and everything, and it was really intense, really, really tiring. And eventually we were going up over, trying to get climbed straight up to the top of this mountain, and we didn't. Our maps weren't super good that we we're using and we were just hoping we ride this ridge and hopefully it would connect to this other land mass that eventually we'd be able to go down the next day back to our cars. Um, but we got up on this high ridge and the sun was starting to set and we were hiking on the ridge and on the map sometimes you can't quite tell if there's gonna be, when we get to the end of the ridge and turn the corner, is there gonna be like a 20 foot cliff? 
Because on the map, you know, 20 feet isn't a huge thing, but to a human being, that's a big deal. And we didn't know if that was gonna be the case. We couldn't see it, but the sun was going down. And it was starting to get a little bit scary because we don't wanna camp right on the top of this mountain, especially in the Tetons where there's thunderstorms and all kinds of things. And I just started praying and I started, I started praying, but my initial thought was, I, I prayed that God would provide a way that there'd be some piece of land that we'd be able to walk through safely. And then a thought came to me and said, why would you pray for that? God's already created the earth. Like he's not just gonna cause an earthquake right now and create more land for you. That's a dumb thing to pray for. But the thing that happened right after that was a very clear thought from God to me that said, who are you to say? Said, who are you to say that I didn't create a way on that mountain pass for two of my sons to be able to get through? Who are you to say I wouldn't do that for you? And I was very humbled because we know that Jesus did metaphorically and literally create mountains and go over mountains and move mountains for each one of us. Um, and that was a powerful lesson. I've got so many stories here and I gotta wrap up, but had so many experiences of looking for water and not being able to find water for our group and the group is tired and dehydrated and the sun is going down. If we don't have water, we can't have a fire. If we don't have fire, then you can't cook your food. You can't stay warm because um, we need water to be able to put out the fire. And I remember one time we was in a place called White Rock Spring and uh, the boys were tired, they were getting angry. And I was like, okay, you guys wait here. I'm gonna run up this creek bed. It's dry right now, but maybe if I run up there, I'll be able to find some water and we can find a camp spot up there, get some food in us and some, and some water. And uh, I ran up the creek, ran up the creek and had to hurry because the sun was going down and it was just bone dry, bone dry. Just kept going, kept going, kept going, nothing. And uh, I went up for, like literally ran up the creek for probably 10 or 15 minutes and it was just bone dry. And I was like, okay, well, I gotta go back because we gotta find somewhere else. And uh, I turned around and started heading back and I had a distinct impression, turn around, just go a little bit further. And uh, I turned around and I walked about 10 feet and there's water coming out of the ground. It just started flowing out of the ground. And uh, it was a miracle. And I'm sure that creek was already there before, but it was just a miracle. It felt like I was like with Moses and children of Israel, you know, and water coming out of the rock. And I could go on forever and ever about all the ways that I've seen the Lord work with people out in the wilderness. Um, and the parallel with that, the wilderness of our lives, um, as, as I've been reading this year in the Old Testament about uh, the children of Israel, I'm like, you guys are my homies. I understand. I spent a lot of time in the desert. I know what it's like. It's hard. Um, and the, the hymn, uh, Redeemer of Israel, there's one line that I'm always like, and I'd be, I'd be lying if I didn't. There's been times where I listen to that hymn in my car and I just rewind this one line over and over and over and just keep playing it over and over. It's the line where it says, how long we have wandered as strangers in sin and cried in the desert for thee. 
because I think we've all experienced that. I've literally experienced it. I've said so many prayers crying in the desert, asking the Lord to help us. When I've led groups in circles, when we haven't had water, when people have been having mental breakdowns and all kinds of scary situations, um, the Lord has been there and I've seen it. Um, One last experience I'll share, and I'll wrap up. Really sorry. Um, There was one time I was in a place called Red Creek. Um, That's a place that I know better than anywhere else out there in the Arizona wilderness. And uh, I was hiking a pretty rowdy group of boys uh, through this creek. And uh, they're the type of boys, they're like... They say it like it is. They're just swearing, cussing at each other the whole time. And they're, you know, like, I loved them. They're hilarious, but they're, you know, they, they don't mince words at all. And uh, we were hiking down the creek and I was supposed to turn north on some creek, some other creek bed, and we just couldn't quite find it. And I just kept saying, my coworkers were like, I think we might've gone the wrong way. And I was like, no, 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 no. I know this area, I know this area. Um, it's got to be around here. So I'd go off and scout and scout. And, and we spent a good chunk of the day kind of wandering through the desert hills out there. And eventually I realized, yeah, we went the complete wrong direction all day. And that's the last thing a group of at-risk boys wants to hear when they don't even want to be there in the first place. <laughs> so I was legitimately terrified to tell them that this day was a waste, essentially. We went the wrong way, so we're gonna have to hike more all the other days. And I just kind of sat by myself for a while before I went back to tell the group, because I was like, they are going to rip me to shreds. And this is the start of the week, and I'm gonna have to spend the whole rest of the week. They're gonna hate me for the rest of the week, and it's gonna be so hard and miserable. And so I just said some prayers, because like I said, this group of boys, they, say whatever is on their mind. (laughs) And so I just said some sincere prayers and asked the Lord to save me from these boys. And I walked back to the group and I was like, all right, we went the wrong way all day. I am so sorry. And then I just braced myself for the barrage of cuss words and, and everything. And I was blown away. It was, it sounds funny, but it was one of the greatest miracles. They just looked at it and said, oh, it's chill, bro. It's cool. We'll mess up sometimes. And I was like, <laughs> and the whole rest of the day, I, I'd still be like, hey guys, I really am. I'm so sorry. And they're like, oh man, it's cool, man. Like we all mess up. It's cool. We all mess up. So don't worry about it. And I was just like, <laughs> I was blown away. I was like, that was as much of a miracle as I have ever seen in my life um, for those boys. And I'd go on along forever, and I'm already over time. I'll read one, one verse uh, to close that has been very powerful to me this week in Deuteronomy chapter 8, which is part of the chapters, I think, for this week And Come Follow Me. Um, and I think the Lord led me to these chapters because I was prepping my talk, and I was like, oh, I don't have time to read the Come Follow Me chapters. But then nothing was coming, nothing was coming. The Lord was like, read the dang chapters. And so I did, and it was really powerful to me, and I felt really applicable to all of this. And Deuteronomy 8, verse 2, it says, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led, these, led thee these forty years in the wilderness, 
to humble thee and to prove thee and to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldst keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knowest not, neither did thy fathers know that he might make that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth forth out of the mouth of the Lord. And it goes on and on. And the last verse that I really wanted to read is verse eight or verse seven. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land. A land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of the valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates. A land of oil, olive and honey. And I know that the Lord is doing that for all of us in the wilderness that we walk in. Every one of us has a different wilderness that we're stumbling through and bushwhacking through. Um, And it's hard. It's always going to be hard. (laughs) Um, But you can, if you take the time to see the Lord's hand every day, you can see that he's with you in it. Just the way that the Lord was with the children of Israel. And their 40 years in the wilderness, he was with them the whole time. And he can be there with you guys as well. And so I invite you to take some time every day to see how you've seen the Lord's hand in your life. And he will open your eyes and help you be able to see that. And uh, I say this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Michael Jordan. I love you.